0: And then over time, I figured, you know, it sucks when when you're someone is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a lawsuit that could have been avoided for less than 10,000. Like, I don't want to just keep waiting for people to get in trouble. I want to help them stay out of trouble. And so I really started focusing on a general counsel program where we served as outsourced general counsel for business owners in South Florida um, so that they could get the legal help they need quickly, efficiently, and hopefully avoid some of the disasters. Now, again, one hand beats the other. So when someone did have a disaster, um, we we came in and we handled that side of it as well. And so that really helped the firm grow. But it was the fact that I grew up um, just loving business. And um, and I think that's kind of why I fell into it.
1: hey what's up everybody welcome to a brand new episode of the none of your business podcast Lacey and sean here with you today just as we are each and every week but this time we're in two different locations uh, unique format for us today but the reason why <laughs> we're doing this is because this today's guest is super important it's been a long time in the making um, it's a topic that I think is super important to so many of our viewers and listeners for many reasons. One, because of his area expertise in two prime areas that you uh, are probably concerned about. So I'm super excited to have this stimulating conversation with Brett Trembley um, Lacey, anything that uh, you want to add before we bring Brent in because we're separated? I can't, I can't play off of you. You're gonna have to tell me uh, what you want to add.
2: I know. We should have like created a sign or something if I want to talk. Usually we're pretty good at this. But no, I think that it's really important for all of our listeners out there. This is probably a podcast you want to take notes on. I, I think that for us, we've seen that this particular topic we're going to talk about be the biggest vulnerability for entrepreneurs, service providers, and people who own their own businesses. And so if you um, are a business owner and you want to create protections around yourself, it's time to listen up.
1: What is up, Brett? Hey, guys. So great to have you.
0: Yeah, thank, thanks for having me.
1: You do a lot of these interviews. You add so much value to so many people's lives. But I know that you know being in the legal space, in the field of law, um, probably somewhat of a double-edged sword. And so I'm sure that a lot of our viewers and listeners can relate. Yeah. Um, you're not always excited to talk to your lawyer. This is a rare case when um, we have a lawyer on and I'm super excited about be- being here. <laughs> the conversation um,
2: now, and discussion, yeah.
1: <laughs> let, let's start off with that. I mean, we always start off with this question. How do you end up being here? Because look, everybody probably is like, well, here comes Brett. I'm sure that his dad was a lawyer, probably graduated, bang, partner in the law firm. Probably didn't even have to put in any time. So of course he's here chilling out, um, giving us some advice, but we realize that that's not always the case, and it's always fascinating for our viewers and listeners to understand the journey that brings you here and why you're so passionate about the things that we're talking about today.
0: Sure. Look, I feel though we we should mention before people go lawyer boring turn off <laughs> that hopefully we're going to talk about staffing and offshoring and and and, and that fun thing today because that that's something that people are very passionate about. Sometimes people have, you know, their, their opinions on it. Um, so it can get fun that way. Um, but, but I just, you know, I look, I, if I heard lawyer podcasts, I'd be like, shoot myself. And and that's coming from a lawyer. So, um, just wanted to mention that. Um, but no, I, I do not come from a family of lawyers, um, or really from, you know, from money or anything like that. So when I started my law firm, it was, it was rough. You know, I was in a new city in, in Miami, which I didn't grow up in and um, just made the leap. Like I just I just, you know, I was I've always been confident in myself, as I think a lot of entrepreneurs are. Um, and so I knew I would be able to get it done. I just didn't quite know how hard it would be. Like, I, I think probably a lot of people listening to the podcasts are, have been high achievers their whole life. And so school school really lies to you. Like if you do well at school and then getting accolades and grades like that means nothing in the real world except you know potentially getting you a job and so um you know i surprised myself i really struggled for the first two and a half three years when i when i did own uh when i i started in late 2011 so 2012 2013 were pretty rough years for me a lot a lot of stress a lot of anxiety and, you know, like, that's the real part. Everybody wants like, oh, I'm this and, and everything's great. And I'm the best business owner ever. But that's not true for, for 99% of people. Right? We have to learn and figure it out. So I know I'm not, I'm not directly answering your question, uh, Sean, but I, I just want to throw that out there that, um, you know, we can have a real conversation today.
1: Yeah. And, and you are actually directly answering the question because, you know, there's to me, three elements here. Um, And like you said, if we've made it this far, um, I said there were two topics that were very um, interesting to all of our viewers and listeners. So one, of course, um, topic of being in business, you deal with a lot of um, legal aspects of basically all things, what we would call corporate and business law, all, all things there. And that's obviously very interesting to our viewers and listeners. But then of course, as you said, um, there's your own business, and that's one of the things that I super like. I, I love when we're dealing with two areas, and I'm not trying to group you in. Um, but uh, there's no guilty by association here. But right. CPAs, accountants, and lawyers who are also <laughs> entrepreneurs, because it's super easy to be a lawyer who doesn't understand the entrepreneurial journey. That's just yeah. you know saying, hey, these are the facts. This is how it is. But somebody that can be Compassionate with an entrepreneur, I think is is super important. Let's start there. Um, So you you open your law practice and um, tell us like how do you start getting into this? Were you always passionate about subject matter that you are today an expert in? Did you start out general law? Were you taking on clients of all types and then found what you loved? How did you how did you sort of navigate that in the beginning?
0: Okay, so so look, I was the kid who like sold things in school in first grade, right? Like I, <laughs> I always kind of knew and then I had I had some vending machines in college and, and I, I always find wa- found ways to make my own money. Um so I kind of always knew I'd be in business for myself or at least I wanted to. Um of course I think the right offer, like if, if somebody had made me a good offer, they could have bought me away from my dream, which is sad to kind of think about and admit, but I think everyone everyone can can think about that kind of moment, right? Like like, I'm comfortable, so should I really take that risk? And comfort is really the enemy of progress. And so, um, but anyway, in law school, I, I was on the trial team, and I love litigation. And then I worked for a litigation firm right out of law school, um, but they were trying to do a little bit of everything, like door law, right, whatever comes in the door. And so it's really frustrating to be doing criminal defense, not even joking, probate, family law personal injury commercial litigation, everything and it was it was so frustrating um and so so when i started my own firm i i did litigation i wanted to stick to to business disputes and helping business owners and then over time i figured you know it sucks when when you're someone is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a lawsuit that could have been avoided for less than ten thousand Like I don't want to just keep waiting for people to get in trouble. I want to help them stay out of trouble. And so I really started focusing on a general counsel program where we served as outsourced general counsel for business owners in South Florida um, so that they could get the legal help they need quickly, efficiently, and hopefully avoid some of the disasters. Now, again, one hand beats the other. So when someone did have a disaster... Um, we, we came in and we handled that side of it as well. And so that really helped the firm grow. But it was the fact that I grew up um, just loving business. And, um, and I think that's kind of why I fell into it.
2: I love this idea, too, of a business attorney, because I think that, you know, we work with a lot of clients on a day-to-day basis and i think that so many times when they decide that they want to hire a lawyer or talk to a lawyer it's a very reactive approach it's because something already has happened right which is not the route to go and so many individuals we tell them all the time you should have a business lawyer in your back pocket you should have somebody that knows your business understands you works with you it's the best way to, to go about it so what advice would you give for an entrepreneur like When should they talk to somebody like you? And then secondly, what kind of trouble do you see small business owners typically getting into?
0: Um, I I tell clients all the time, or I guess people when we're just meeting them, you should have a a lawyer that's like either on retainer or just knows your business really well. A really good CPA and a good insurance agent um, who doesn't sell you the wrong things, but who protects you from the right things. Like that, that, that's a very good team to have um, in your hip pocket as you start a business and you start to grow a business. Um, unfortunately, and, and you guys mentioned CPAs. I have a, a, I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, a lot of good friends are CPAs. One of the big mistakes that we do see in terms of people getting in trouble is they go to a CPA to open their business. So the CPA gets them their EIN number, right? Registers them as either an LLC or an S corp or a sequel, you know, whatever it is, those are just tax designations, right? But they don't always understand the difference between that and the legal entity and the legal implications. Um, and then they buy them a binder, which is like fancy, right? It has their name on the outside and it looks, looks real, real, real fancy. Like you have your corporate minutes and you open it up and there's nothing inside, you know, CPAs basically can start to, prevents a business owner from getting the legal work done that they need because they they give you your your incorporation documents and so you think you're covered. So if you are just a solo entrepreneur, it's a lot less necessary that you need a lawyer on your team from day 1. But if you have a business partner, I don't care if, if they if that person has 0.0001% of your business, right? But if you're coming into business with multiple people, my God, please, you have to get lawyers involved. And, you know, nobody likes the lawyer that slows things down and everybody all oh, handshake and move quickly and this and that and the other. Just total disaster because people over time have different ideas of what where the business is going and life change. Gotcha. Well, I own 50 percent. Yeah, but you're not working. It doesn't matter. I own, but like you. You, you have to have a good LLC, what's called an operating agreement, which used to be called a partnership agreement, right? But it still can be if you're a partner, those two things coincide, you have to have a good agreement from day one. Or if, if you don't, you know, get one today, because the, the amount of pain that comes with investing years of your life into a business when you don't have your, your documents in place with your business partner or partners is just terrible.
2: Ugh, I know Sean has a question, but I have to say that is such good advice. And, and we tell people all the time, partnerships are like marriages. And when they dissolve and you separate, it's just as bad as divorce. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like having a prenup for your marriage. Not that everybody getting married should have one. But in business, you should definitely have somebody right. look at that. And we have seen partnerships go really sideways, really bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Before I transition into your business and and um, delegation and outsourcing, one more question that I think is very important because you know the information age and the technological age has changed a lot of things and oftentimes we hear people say again same two groupings of of, of professionals with accountants and lawyers. Well, I want to have somebody local to me. Um, the idea before was accountants could only file in certain states, and likewise. When it comes to to law you said you're in Miami so um, speaking to a nationwide or even international audience not trying to put you in international law but um, yeah. what what is what are the boundaries what if somebody's not in Florida not in Miami could they use your services
0: yeah so unfortunately that's that's everyone's favorite answer in law which is it depends you know I, I <laughs> we we have we have clients all over the United States but if if sometimes sometimes the answer is no we shouldn't represent you because you have so much going on locally or in your in your home state that that is important right other times like you you you're an internet company or you do things you know nationwide anyway or, or even statewide and you just need your contracts in place um and it's not really state specific and so at, at that at that point. You know, usually we we can help somebody re- regardless of what, where they are, but there's just nuances there uh, to try to answer your question a little a little more appropriately. I you know I w- we're, we've got attorneys license in New York, um, and and we we have clients you know out west. Um, it depends. It depends on the on the type of business. Let's put it that way. And it depends on the state because some states have different regulations. Like some some states view it where if you even look at a legal document and you're from another state, you're practicing law in that state and others are, are a lot more relaxed. So I hate to give that it depends answer, but if somebody is, you know, and again, we work with people we know, like, and trust, right. You can't really know me from listening to one podcast, but if you think like, Hey, that's someone that, that I, I, I wouldn't mind dealing with in business and, and, and giving business to and working with, um, And you're in another state we're happy to talk to you and then if we can't help you find somebody that that we know like and trust in that state because we Mm -hmm. i especially have a a a network of lawyers and all throughout the country
2: one of the things too i was, was when i was researching you and looking at your website i saw that one of the things that you specialize in is employment law and I think that this is really interesting because I think that a lot of business owners don't necessarily think about the vulnerabilities that they will bring on once they start hiring employees or even 1099 for that matter. But And then I know that you also have a staffing company, so I'm sure some of your experience in employment law helped you to create the staffing company. But can you tell us a little bit, too, about new business owners, solopreneurs, as they grow and scale Maybe what they need to be aware of, and what's appropriate for them to get a lawyer to help them out with.
0: Yeah, so that, it's a really it's a really good question, and you know, h- hiring has so many pitfalls, which is unfortunate because we're we're out there taking the risk, right? We want to provide jobs to people, and yet it's really easy for those people to turn around and sue us for a lot of money plus attorneys' fees. Um, The whole 1099 versus employee, you know, thing that you mentioned could be a whole podcast of its own
2: classification. I know. Right. right. (laughs) And,
0: you know, and then, of course, there's tax implications there. Um, Look, what what I will say is. It's important that you classify people the right way. It's important that you protect yourself. Um, It's important that that you have if you're paying people hourly that you or even if you're paying them salary, because people get this wrong too, like, well, I, I, I'm i paying my person salary so I can work them overtime. It doesn't matter if you're paying someone $50,000 a year, but they are a non-exempt employee because they're not management level, then you can't just work them overtime and not pay them. You have to pay them equivalent to their hourly rate and then, and then pay overtime. So you do that for several years. They turn around, and they sue you. They're suing you for a lot of money plus attorney's fees. And it's just really frustrating. Now, I'm not advocating like bad business owners who are taking advantage of people. Yeah, they deserve it. Right. But when you when you make mistakes and you don't have you don't have if you don't have uh, clock in sheets, right, or or time sheets, which now can be done very easily with your cell phone and electronically. The presumption is that they did work overtime, so you have to overcome the presumption that they didn't work overtime. So, yeah, wage an hour lawsuits are rampant um there's a lot of ways when you fire someone who's over 40 there's federal implications if you're not careful uh, again this could be a whole big podcast but um it's important that you get a good hr and payroll company involved and then also an attorney of all this certain certain stages
1: well you have a service called get staffed up get staffed um Tell us about that transition for you personally yeah. um, and your business. Uh, what? How did you start to figure out that maybe this virtual option uh, might be an outsourcing and delegating certain things might be a good option for you? Because I know a lot of people really struggle with that. It's one of those things that we know people intellectually understand. Yeah, yeah, makes a good idea, but there's always that control part of it, too. And then like, you know, what things should I allow uh, a virtual assistant or a virtual staff member to take on? Because I don't really have that personal contact with them. Tell us about what happened with you. Um, and then we'll talk about your offering at GetStaffed.com.
0: Okay. So th- there's a lot there, right? Um, and you do have personal contact. You have a lot of personal contact, just not in-person contact. So um, we're all virtual. You guys are separate and you're and you're doing podcasts, right? It's like, Oh, wait a minute. I don't have to be next to someone in order to have a good business or get work done. No, so many things can be done virtually. So I, I, I struggled early on. I finally started hiring, um, in the summer of 2014, I hired my first person. God, this is such a longer story, but you know, I was terrified that I couldn't, couldn't pay them. I had to learn about myself that I I had a big fear of failure. Um, which goes back to your ego and what you think people are going to say about you. Um, finally, made my first hire, doubled my law firm. You know, fast forward a year later, I had four employees and was hiring my first attorney. And then three months later, after that, another attorney, and um, I got the business to a pretty good point prior to this offshore idea that that like hit us or hit hit my business partner sort of like a like a ton of bricks, like one of those sort of light bulb moments. So, um, had a good friend who, what, well, still is an attorney, had a law firm at the time. Uh, we would do, you know, we're in a mastermind together, which if you're not in a mastermind that makes all the difference in the world. Um, we would have monthly breakfast together. We would like read the same books. Um, he kind of disappeared in late 2017 for a few weeks. I kind of thought it was weird, pops his head back up and he has four employees from the Philippines and one from Mexico. And I'm like, like what how did that even happen he went to lunch with some guy that he almost skipped uh this old buddy of his told him about hiring other philippines so he started doing it himself and again we're not advocates of firing people or replacing jobs um he he happened to have a few people leaving his law firm so it just made total sense and i'm like dude i need a marketing assistant can you find me one so we did and and we were like man we're on to something here if you, if you hire an in-house marketing person for, let's say, 50K, right, but it costs you another 20 because anytime you hire someone, there's always the 40% extra that it costs overhead and the payroll and the taxes and all those, all those good slash terrible things. Um, so, so, you know, you're paying, you don't realize it, but it, the true cost to you is 70,000 per year. You can hire someone for a fraction of that for like through us, for example, um 24,000 per year 2,000 per month and and the amazing part is is really get the same experience the same output the same and and sometimes even better attendance and better energy um so I was blown away and we we just said yeah let's let's do this business together um we spent the good part of 2018 setting up our systems our recruiting we wanted to have a good system in place not just start start willy-nilly right we wanted to be very organized so we started July 4th is, is our, like our, the day we opened our door, we just had our fourth anniversary a few weeks ago, um, 2018. And it has just been gangbusters ever since early on. We were having to, to and by the way, we, we do offshore staffing, a lot of business owners, mostly lawyers, niches bring riches. And so we, we stick, uh, we stick to that niche. Um, but what we don't do is outsourcing. So I wanted to, to make that point is that when you outsource, you hire someone to do a job and you give them the job and then you get a result, right? We're, what we call like insourcing, you're, you're basically someone else is, is hiring for you, right? So we have, we're taking thousands and thousands of applications. And by the way, we're no longer out of the Philippines. We're out of Latin America and South Africa. Everybody has to work your office hours. They show up. On Zoom at 9 a.m. your time or whatever time you work, um, they answer to you. They're part of your accountability chart, your firm culture. We just stay on as the legal employer and we handle the, the payroll, the HR. We have a replacement guarantee. So if they leave, we replace them. Um, it's just like such fast, efficient um, hiring for business owners. And by the way, hiring itself as a whole, you know, like like we could talk through the systems you have to have in place to be good at hiring yourself and how hard it is and how to create the right culture and those sort of things. So um, when you outsource, you're, you're looking to get a project back or a result when you essentially insource. We are the PEO, right? The professional employment organization just in another country. So we are the legal employer, but they work for you. They answer to you. You pay us and we pay them.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's so powerful because not only do you have to be good at hiring, but you also have to be good at training, right? Your employees that you bring on in your brick and mortar business or into your space, um, you have to be able to train them. And, and that's what that's the amount that you're going to get out of them. So I love that what you've created is not only a hiring system, but also some sounds like some foundational training to get them prepared to be able to do some of the tasks that people are going to delegate out. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, so we put them through a whole week. We, we invest a ton of money. We pay, we probably, we're taking about 8,000 applications. We spit out about 100 a week spit out. That's, you know, <laughs> is what it is, right? I said It, it. is, um, spit
2: them out. He's- <laughs> get rid of them.
0: We we're whittling down thousands of people, trying to get to the best of the best. And then we put them in, we put them through a whole week of what we call an academy. And only about 60% graduate from that academy. So we're paying oh, wow. people, 40% of the people for a full week just to fail so that we don't put them in front of our clients so then we we truly take you know the, the best of the best and then we we're placing them in front of you and you get to interview them to see if you want to hire that person or you want to then interview the next person so ultimately you're in charge of, of who you bring on but um yeah so it, it, it's a it's a fun process
1: and well it seems very clear to me that the process is solid, but that's because your business is solid. You are a phenomenal entrepreneur. Let's go back to a prospect of yours who's they need. This sounds great. What would we tell them are the signs in their business that this is actually the best move for them? Yeah.
0: One of, you know, and, and I, and I, I, I'm sure CPAs are similar, but not quite as bad. Lawyers can waste their lives away on email. Oh, it's like there's mm-hmm. memes like I didn't know I went to law school just to be on email all day. I mean, if you allow yourself, you will, you will just answer and justify and argue with your own clients, right? And then answer, justify, argue with opposing counsel, and your schedule. You have to create safeguard. It's mm-hmm. such a miserable existence. Um, I I don't look at my email very often. In fact, I probably look at it now on my phone more because I because I have three full time assistants for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, than than I used to, because there so many other things in my life are, are delegated. Um, so, you know, anybody who's overwhelmed, which probably everybody, anybody who doesn't have their own personal assistant, if you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant. You are doing $10 an hour tasks for yourself that other people should and could be doing for you. That other person wants to do those things for you. They want to learn from you. They want to make money doing it for you and you will then have more time or more money to go hire more people, make a bigger difference and continue to grow your business. So anybody and everybody really, but, but, you know, the telltale signs are like, and besides what entrepreneurs do we know, which is like who aren't overwhelmed and tired and who couldn't use more help. It's getting people to get out of their own way. We have an architect Mm -hmm. friend. No, I, I don't know. One in a million chance he would listen, right? He's always like, well, I need to hire a project manager. Like, no, you don't. You need an assistant to take care of all. Why are you answering your own phone at eight o'clock? His own 10 year old daughter asked him, like, why do you work so hard? Daddy and your employees don't work this late?" It's like, dude, get your, 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 your administrative stuff in order. It, it, it pays you the least amount of money because if you're answering, if when you're serving as your own assistant, you can only basically get paid like your own assistant, right? Because you're not doing high, you're not doing legal work. I love CPA it. Yeah, work, whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'll go on tangents all day if you let me. About no, me. That, that line was, is gold. Yeah, that, that line.
2: If you if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant like that. I'm going to use that on my clients because that's the <laughs> absolute truth. So just yeah. so you know, I'm stealing that. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is and, and I have just seen this in my own observation for clients that we have. Um, sent to other virtual assistant companies, I feel like the retention is higher too for those individuals. So do you, do you see that? I mean, owning that company, do you see that, yeah. that those oh, yeah. assistants stick around longer?
0: Much higher. Yeah. Look, we're not, we're not perfect. So you're going to have the, and, and we have, by the end of the year, we'll have a thousand people placed in, in in law firms and through right. And we have 129 of our own employees. You're going to have people that it doesn't work out and, they're, Oh, they're terrible. And like, that person is such an immature entrepreneur human beings are not put on this planet to serve us right you have to you have to earn them you have to like create a good environment that they want to stick around you Lacey, you mentioned training you have to be a good trainer or a coach those are learned skills you have to be good at onboarding it's it's a two-way street here so we're finding really good people and our best clients are the ones who have invested in, in, in personal growth themselves, invested in a few systems, and yeah, you learn that, and, and we'll, we'll help you with some of those things. But for those people, our 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 the retention rate is very high, especially compared to domestically. Like people want to complain when something doesn't work out, but yet domestically, like you're you're lucky to be above forty percent of yeah. your hire. And so you know, again, I, it it. If you're being honest and, and, and non-emotional and you just look at numbers, yes, much, much higher when, when you go offshore.
1: No, but you said, you said lawyers, um, and you are a lawyer. We run into this all the time. If there's anybody that gets it, it's Lacey and I. So it's easy for people to think, oh, this is great. Um, get staffed up, uh, virtual staffing for lawyers. Um, is that just for lawyers are there use cases outside of the of the legal field?
0: Yeah, so we've got, you know, over 400 clients. Because because by the way, you know, when, when we hit 1,000, what we call staffed up of, of our VAs placed with, with our clients, it's because they're so great that our clients get a second and a third, right? So we'll have 1,000 by the end of the year. We'll probably have about 450, 500 clients. Um, we have about 10% of our clients are non-lawyers, right? You're talking mm. just a lot of other service business owners um not we i mean like like we're not in the in the amazon the retail the fulfillment that that's not our space like we're talking about human beings full-time jobs that are going to work for other service providers and fill traditional roles because it's not just a va right who's just your personal assistant this is someone who answers the phones full-time so just a receptionist, this, their body is in another location. Just like we learned in the pandemic, it, it can be domestically in another location. Um, you know, intake coordinators, client happiness coordinators, billing clerks. Um, and we have a lot of CPA clients, by the way, Sean, a lot of CPA clients. Um, you know, we've got people that own, I don't know, swim schools, the coaching programs. I mean, the the parallels of, of what a, a business is a business is a business, right? The product or the service of that business may be different but the human beings that they need to help service the businesses there's just so much overlap
1: that we we can help almost anybody i love that um starting point how does somebody get started then let's hope that we've convinced people to at least (laughs) take a look at this what's the first steps that they do to get going
0: yeah absolutely um you said at the beginning, getstaffedup.com. Um, you know, we we have our, our our website is a heavy call to action site, right? So it says, talk to us now. You scroll, hire now, all those things. So it's very easy to find our contact page. You you put name, number, email, and like that's it. And somebody will will email you that day if it's if it's after hours. You know, the, the very next day, offering you times to meet with us. Um, we've got. Again, we're all offshore. No, that's not true. Now we have about five domestic employees ourselves out of the 129, but we've got a, a sales team. We call them our freedom teams. What we're trying to do is help you delegate your way to freedom, right? Try to learn to hire and delegate and get rid of things um, of, of 10 people. And um, yeah, so it's very easy to find us to so reach out to us and we can answer in that call all of your questions.
1: Well, I got to tell you personally, um, I'm sure Lacey and I are both going to be sending you tons and tons of people um, because this is definitely a space that people are not conscious, not actively conscious that they need this help. And okay. by taking this leap, it can help to grow your business exponentially. I know that Lacey works with several um outsourcing teams and that's also a challenge later on you start to work with this one and that one and you know just like you were talking about with setting up your business properly from a legal standpoint well the same thing with your virtual team because it would be nice to have them all under one umbrella Uh, it can create that cohesiveness and that culture because you've got this person that's doing editing and they're on that team and this person that you got for this other thing they're over here so starting out on the right foot with your virtual hiring, your virtual team, your virtual platforms, um, this is super important. So I highly recommend that you check this out. Get staffed up Dot com. You cannot lose if you go to getstaffedup.com. One last thing, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Lacey, but I just want to reiterate, um, Brett talked about the importance of a mastermind. I love that. Um, all of you guys know that Lacey and I do um, every year at least one mastermind with David Meltzer. It's an experiential mastermind. Um, 2023, when you're listening to this podcast, June of 2023, it's already sold out, but we are working a wait list. If you'd like to jump on the waitlist, go to www.experientialmastermind.com. If we get enough interest, we'll launch a second group out there in beautiful Scotland with myself and Lacey and David Meltzer. It's going to be absolutely tremendous. Uh, Lacey, any last questions from you?
2: No, just a comment. I mean, again, don't forget at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about the importance of having a business lawyer, a business attorney in your back pocket. And so I don't want our our entrepreneurs out there to forget that you have a lot of vulnerabilities when you own your own business. And there should be somebody that knows your business as intimately as you do so you can protect yourself from those things. I know that we have a ton of listeners in Florida. So if you don't have somebody, check out TrimbleyLaw.com and connect with Brett because I'm sure he can help you. Thank Brett, for, thanks for
0: joining us. Yes, thank you guys so much. Sean Lacey, I had a blast. Um, I love I love the, the mastermind. I just looked it up myself. Um, that looks like that. That is a brilliant idea and, and good for you guys. You're you're having a, a major impact, and I love your
1: energy, and I really appreciate being on today.
2: Thanks well, for perfect. being on.
1: I hope that you'll come back again, because I still had a list of questions here. Yeah. I want to talk more about employment law, because people are messing that up. I want to talk about franchising. I know that you do that. Lacey and I have a lot of experience there. And I know that so many people, that's what they think, like the Holy Grail. I just want to franchise. So I want to talk about that and missteps. And of course, we could talk more about Get Staffed Up. And I'd love to have you back. Hopefully, you will yeah. entertain our invitation. Fun, guys. I'll come back anytime you invite me. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. And thank you, all of you guys, for listening. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of The None of Your Business podcast.